0: Bismillah rahman ala rasulihil kareem amma Alhamdulillah, we're continuing with the durus of Qasd al the Straight Path simplified. And previously we discussed the regimen and how it's important for us to have a warid, a wird, a wazifa, uh, a regimen of litanies by which we attain closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, Hakim al-Ummat is going to be discussing how to maximize and retain benefit from this regimen. Because just like we know, a doctor, he prescribes medicine. But in order for a person to benefit from that medicine, he also has to avoid certain things. He has to abstain from certain harmful foods. If the doctor is, you know, giving some medicine for cholesterol or giving some medicine for blood pressure or giving some medicine for the, you know, heart issues, then we also know that the patient has to avoid certain fatty foods. He has to avoid certain sugar. He has to avoid certain things that will, you know, uh, make his blood pressure go up. So similarly in the spiritual path, in order to maximize and retain benefit from the regimen, And the dhikrs and the wadifas, we have to, you know, do certain things. Shaykh continues by saying, After undergoing this regimen, if a salik experiences greater concentration, humility, peace of heart, reduction of stray thoughts, and a greater spiritual yearning for dhikr and ibadah, then there is no need for him to practice any ashgal. The salik should maintain consistency in his taqwa and in this regimen for his entire life. The fruits of this consistency will definitely be seen in the hereafter. So, Shaykh is saying, you go through this regimen, you will start experiencing certain things. You experience concentration, humility, peace of heart, peace of mind, reduction of stray thoughts and you have a more of a desire to do dhikr and ibadah then you don't have to do extra ashghal now ashghal are certain techniques that you do in order to block away stray thoughts uh, certain things that you do uh to get a more of a desire to make dhikr or you know try to attain concentration for example um Ashghal, an example of shughal would be, for example, trying to meditate uh, and concentrate, um, thinking about, you know, a coming from the sky upon your heart, right? Making these visualizations or meditations so that the stray thoughts would go away. You see, sometimes when we are making dhikr or reciting Quran, then our mind goes off and we go off track. So the ashghal are specific, specific techniques where you think as if you are sitting in the presence of Allah Ta'ala or you're surrounded by a nur or when you take the name of Allah or you're making dhikr, you imagine like a light is coming from the heavens into your heart and so on. And what this does essentially is that it uh, aids you in your purpose and your purpose is dhikr or recitation of Quran and so on. But the ashghal, the spiritual exercises, aid you in getting concentration. So then if you don't have those stray thoughts and you have your yearning, and, and, and then you, you don't need these ashghal or these meditations. Therefore, after that, you should just maintain consistency, stay away from sins, and continue with this regimen for your entire life. The fruits of this consistency will be definitely be seen in the hereafter. In other words, the true reward that a person gains from his adhkar is the pleasure of Allah which will be attained yawm al-qiyamah. Sometimes people think to themselves, oh, what am I going to get out of this? What's in it for me? And this is a constant, you know, materialistic Western perspective that is out there that what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this? You know, how much money am I going to make? How many dollars? You know how much cents, how much dollars, you know, uh, you know how how does it increase me, uh, you know, that type of attitude. Vichar um, has nothing to do with that. This is these are matters of the akhirah. Even if we don't attain anything, not peace of mind, not contentment of heart, right, not a greater spiritual yearning. Right? Even if you don't attain any of that, and it's very, it's very rare that a person should be involved in dhikrs, should be uh, occupied with Allah's remembrance, should be occupied with righteous actions, and he does not attain that. It's very rare. Definitely he will, inshallah. because Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Bidikrillahi tatma innul qulub," that only with the dhikr of Allah will you get the contentment of heart. So this is a definite but in the rare occasion, for one some reason or the other, a person he you know has you know distractions and you know, uh, depression or a person is overwhelmed by a certain uh, very rare condition, you know, then a person should remind himself, you know what, I will never give up on dhikr because the fruits of this consistency and the fruits of these afkar will definitely be seen in the hereafter. And here, the key word is consistency, right? Just like exercise, just like, you know, physical um Effort that we make, uh, the only benefit we'll, we, the only time we'll see benefit is not if we do, you know, exercise once a month. No, you'll see benefit if you exercise every other day, and you have consistency. Otherwise, uh, if you do not have consistency, then the fruits of your effort will not be experienced. Sheikh continues by saying the divine promise of reward applies to the hereafter. However, sometimes as a special favor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon the salik some special fruits in this world, some special benefits in this world. Thus, if Allah wishes, he may inspire the heart of the salik with a wondrous kind of knowledge and cognition. Among the lofty bounties that Allah ta'ala may bestow upon the salik are wonderful inspirations, superior states of ecstasy, knowledge of the mysteries underlying the ahkam, the reality of the relationship between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the saliq and others. Even if the entire world was possessed by the saliq, it would seem utterly worthless and insignificant when compared to the spiritually spiritual ecstasy of these lofty states and bounties that Allah confers upon him. Obviously, we learned already that these bounties and these things, such as attaining knowledge and attaining a state of ecstasy, peace of mind, contentment of heart, You know, knowledge uh, of certain realities, you know, the depths of, you know, the sharia, the mysteries of the sharia. These things, they are not the maqsud, the objective, but they are mahmud. And if Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with this gift, then a person should be grateful. However, right, this is not a sign of accomplishment on the path that i have attained you know this knowledge and i have attained this ecstasy and i see certain things and i can you know i see wonderful dreams i you know dream of the prophet sallallahu every night right this in itself should not cause a person to become arrogant nor should a person consider this a sign of great accomplishment on this path a person who does not who does become affected in this way should fear istidraj Okay, there's a very important point that sometimes, right? These spiritual mukashafat, uh, these spiritual, you know, witnessings, um, witnessing these spiritual realities, or being in a state of ecstasy, or uh, you know, uh, going through these halat and these conditions. This should not make a person think that he's better than others, right? Because this istidraj is very dangerous. Istidraj is where a person uh, is given these things, and through these hala, through these you know spiritual experiences, a person starts to attain pride and arrogance and ujub and self-conceit and thinking himself holier than others, and hence you know shaitan destroys him through that. So we should beware that the asl. And the, the main fruit of all the adhkar and the righteous actions that we do is nothing but Allah Ta'ala's eternal pleasure. And everything besides that is secondary. However, if Allah Ta'ala does bestow someone with such a thing, he should be grateful and he should consider that um, a means of drawing more closer to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and becoming more humble and realizing that Allah Ta'ala can take it away at any time. As previously mentioned, the spiritual states mentioned above are termed halat in the terminology of tasawuf. These are ahwal or halat. Sahibul hal, right, as is mentioned. And these states appear in different ways to different people. Therefore, it is difficult to enumerate and explain the halat. There are certain halat that are very sensitive and require the attention and treatment of the shaykh. These cannot be committed to writing. Therefore, it is advisable to have the sheikh nearby during these occasions, as he will know how to deal with these occurrences. This is one of the benefits being in the company, uh, in the suhba of the sheikh. Other benefits will be mentioned at the end of this hidayah. For example, one, just so we understand what, what, what this is referring to, sometimes, like we know, when a person goes and he's exercising and he's eating good, then he gets this, you know, surge of energy and he's, you know, hype and he has, like, you know, his, this testosterone and, you know, he's, you know, constantly, you know, hyperactive and this sometimes might make him, you know, lose his temper. You know, like they say, you know, this guy's a jock, you know, and the jocks sometimes have this, you know, uh, this, this uh, uh, short temper, a person's angry, a person's overwhelmed with energy, he's, uh, you know, he's hyped up, he's souped up all the time. And this can make a person, you know, lose his temper. This can make a person start becoming arrogant. This can make a person, you know, start looking down on others or makes a person a bully, right? Similarly, you know, when a person is spiritually getting hyped up, spiritually a person's getting hyperactive and, you know, then it can make a person, you know, lose their temper easily, become, يني, يني, uh, he starts getting a sharpness in his temperament and so on. So the company of the shaykh and the suhbah of an elder or someone who can supervise him, who will humble him, who will calm him down, who will direct him in the right direction. It's important for him to have that. He continues by saying, The incredible knowledge of mysteries which settle upon the heart of the salik are known as ulumu kashfil ilahi or Mukashafat. Knowledge inspired by Allah Ta'ala. Imam Bukhari narrates a hadith that indeed amongst the people who were before you, they were muhdathun or muhaddathun They were people who were inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even though they were not prophets and if there is such a person from my ummah it will be umar radiallahu ta'ala, anhu so from this we understand that there will be certain people of Allah that will be inspired with profound knowledge and it should be understood that this is a gift from Allah ta'ala it's not something that if they that they have acquired in of, of themselves and we should also understand that this is not the same as wahi right some ignorant and uh mis- misguided deviants of this century that has passed you know considered themselves because they you know are inspired by some inspiration they said you know i am also something like a nabi i'm also something like a rasul, but not like actual rasul, but a metaphorical rasul. right this is complete deviation this is not wahi and a person who claims such a thing will be out of the fold of Islam. So we should understand that you know we should not be beca- fallen, fall, fall into mistake by these things. When Mashikhat, being a Shaykh, Ruhani training and reformation of people are entrusted to one who is blessed with Kashfi Ilahi, then he is regarded as Qutbul Irshad. So Shaykh is just explaining, you know, sometimes we hear Abdal, Qutb, Qutbul Irshad, Qutbul Aqtab, you know, what are these titles? Um, Shaykh is explaining that a person, he has been granted Mashikhat, yani he has been granted uh, and he has been given uh, Ijazah from his Shaykh and he has, you know, spiritual training and the reformation of people are entrusted to him. And even the elders and the ulama and the mashaykh and the Uh, people of authority of the time rely upon him then he becomes and he is regarded as Qutbul Irshad of that time an example of that is uh, Shaykh Abdul Qadir Al Jilani uh, and uh, you know many of the great mashaykh uh, of the past uh, Imam Al Junaid and these people if after uh, uh, having adopted this regimen of dhikr and muraqaba for a while the heart has not become imbued with solitude solace fear and humility, then there is a need for some shagal as prescribed by the shaykh, right? So these ashghal, again, like I mentioned previously, these are uh, methods by which a person um, makes uh, a muraqaba of Allah's nur, uh, tries to uh, meditate upon everything coming out of the heart and you know, nur of Allah Ta'ala entering into the heart. And these are just some examples. That, you know, shaghal is something which in itself is not a dhikr, but it is an aid for dhikr. He continues with saying, it is of vital importance to constantly abstain from two things. Right? So when we are having istiqamat upon dhikr, uh, we, we, you know, we're, 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 we have consistency with our regimen. It is a vital importance to abstain specifically from two things. Okay, and what we call tahalli uh, and tahalli. Tahalli is that we adorn ourselves, you know, by doing righteous actions and doing good things, and then we do tahalli by avoiding uh, those things which are harmful and detrimental. So, two things in particular. Number one, ghafla. Ghafla in all its forms, heedlessness, and unmindfulness. And number two, all forms of ma'asiyah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and avoid all types of sin, the external and the internal. What ghafla does, Shaykh is, is explaining, ghafla and, and heedlessness and mindfulness extinguishes the nur of the spiritual heart. So, you know, when we make zikr of Allah, when we're doing righteous deeds, when we're, you know, performing, uh, you know, optional prayers, then what happens is that the, the heart is enlightened with nur. But what happens is binge-watching and, you know, these type of surfing the internet, binge-watching uh, Hollywood, entertainment, uh, these type of things overdosing on these things, what it does is it extinguishes, these are, these are all forms of ghafla. It extinguishes the nur and the divine enlightenment of the heart. The remedy of this is to turn back to Allah's dhikr. Right? Remember Allah Azza wa Jal when you have fallen into forgetfulness. Moreover, abstaining from ma'asi is of the utmost importance, regardless of it being a major or minor sin. In addition to extinguishing the nood of the heart, sins also deprive one of divine acceptance. This is indeed a colossal loss. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz once said, Taqwa is not by fasting the day nor praying the night, and it is not by mixing between the two of them. Taqwa is leaving what Allah has made haram and by doing what Allah Ta'ala has made obligatory after one has done this then Allah Ta'ala will provide good things for that person and it's important Uh, it's a hadith narrated in the Mishkatul Masabih that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Ya Aba ittakil ittaqil maharim takun a'badan nas that ittaqil maharim takun a'badan nas avoid the the haram things avoid those things that cause Allah's displeasure and you'll become the most worshipful of servants you'll become the most worshipful of people and this is right the sad state that we are in in our day and age is that people do not even consider sin to be sin and if a person starts talking about sins a person starts you know uh, exposing sins for what they are that person is considered an extremist or fundamentalist or this that and the other whereas, whereas in reality right Taqwa is not achieved right it's 50 50 nawahi this is the reality of taqwa. Taqwa is fulfilling what Allah Ta'ala has commanded and staying from what away from what Allah Ta'ala has prohibited. So this is why our taqwa will not be complete. It takullaha right? That haqqa tu will not be fulfilled unless we fulfill right the Ishtinabun Nawahi and at taqwa anil maharim, avoiding those things that are prohibited and those things that displease Allah Ta'ala as well. In addition to extinguishing the nude of the heart, sins also deprive one of divine acceptance. This indeed is a colossal loss. However, if a person happens to fall into sin due to some ghafla or some mischief of the nafs, then without any delay, he should immediately make tawbah, uh, repentance and istighfar, seeking forgiveness, and he should repent with tremendous regret and humility. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned, that all of humankind, they make mistakes. But the best of those who make mistakes are those who turn back to tawbah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us tawbah. One time it is narrated regarding Abu Yazid al-Bustami, or uh, I believe it was Ibrahim ibn Adham, one of the great righteous and pious salaf who passed. Uh, he was making tawaf of the Kaaba and he was making dua Allah ta'ala yani ي- uh, uh, أُرْزُقْنِي إِسْمَةً Ismatan. Allah grant me uh, uh, and 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 provide me and grant me عصمة, right? purity from sins that I should be protected and preserved from sins and he said he was making this dua for many many years and this dua he felt that was not being accepted by Allah and a thought came to him he said you know I've been making this dua that Allah Taala protect me and preserve me from sins but it's not happening so he said one time Tawaf al يعني unseen voice he heard and it said oh ibrahim why are you trying to close the door what is the door of taqwa the door of one of the, the doors the door of taqwa where you right are preserved from sins and you guard yourself from sins and you are successful in staying away from sins but why are you closing the other door which is the door of tawbah what is the door of taqwa Perhaps that might be difficult for many people, especially in our day and age, right? For, for a person to completely preserve himself from all sins, it might be difficult, but that is why Allah Ta'ala has kept another door open and that door is open. Inna <inaudible> yaqbalu Allah Ta'ala accepts the tawbah and the repentance of a slave till the last moment, right? Till the gurgling sound before the ruh and the soul, uh, you know, exits from uh, the body. Till that last moment, Allah Ta'ala will accept the... Uh, Toba of someone so do not despair if a person happens to fall into sin Right Then he should immediately resort to Tawbah and istighfar as it comes in another hadith that and when, a, when, a, when a person sins then a black dot appears on his heart And if he makes Tawbah, then that dot is removed from the heart and the heart starts shining again right so a person uh, should not despair and, you know, like they say, كَرْتِرَهُوا right? Keep on doing and keep on fearing and don't fall back. And if a person falls back, Allah Ta'ala has given tawbah and that door of tawbah is always open, right? If the door of taqwa, you cannot reach Allah Ta'ala through that door, then you should go to Allah through the door of tawbah. Insha'Allah, through that door, in Allah Ta'ala loves those who constantly, you know, after making mistakes, turn back to Him. Because they know that they have no other door to go to. They have no other beloved to go to. As uh, Sheikh Abu Sa'id, Abu Khair, uh, he mentioned a there's a poem that he mentioned, a Rubai in Farsi. Some attribute this statement to uh, uh, Maulana Rumi, but this is not Mawlana Rumi's. This is Sheikh Abu Sa'id, Abu Khair, who was one of the first of the Persian poets of Tasawwaf who wrote uh, 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 Persian uh, poetry regarding Irfan and and Mahabbah of Allah Taala. So he says baz a, baz a, asti baz a. and he says that Come Come Whatever you are Come to the door of Allah Taala, and he says if you are a sinner if you are a, a, a if you are a kafir no matter what you are come back to the door of Allah and make tawbah. He says in uh, in dare, ma, dare na umidi, uh, na umidi and he says this, uh, 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 if you broke your uh, promise a hundred times, keep coming back. He said, He said, this threshold of ours is not a threshold of despair. He said, if you commit a sin a thousand times, come at our door is open for you. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq to never ever leave the threshold and the door of our beloved Allah. Who, what other Allah do we have? Right. When we commit wrong or we hurt our parents, right? whatever the parents do we have, we have only our parents, right? Our parents love us regardless, no matter what we do. And Allah Ta'ala is much more merciful and much more beloved than our parents. So if we commit a mistake, no problem to you know become uh, hopeless. We should turn back to Allah Ta'ala. And inshallah, the, you know, Allah Ta'ala says, فَأُولَٰئِكُ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ Allah is the one, Allah is the most merciful, rahim. That, that when you make a mistake and you make a sin and you turn back to Allah with sincere repentance and trying to rectify yourself after that with the firm intention that you never go back to that sin again uh, and uh, you remove yourself from sin and make a firm intention never to go back to the sin and uh, you make a, 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 a firm determination to continue to st- remain on the right path Then Allah Ta'ala will forgive that sin and change, right, your evil deeds to good deeds. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to understand what has been said. Um, Shaykh continues with particular sins which are more harmful than others. So, inshallah, we will discuss this, that why these sins are more harmful than any other sins. And the Salik should exercise greater caution in guarding himself from such sins. Some of the more destructive sins are enumerated below. Number one, Riyah. Riyah, it literally, it does away with our deeds. It does away with our deeds. And this is to do any deed with the intention of being respected or seen or by, by gaining something, benefit from people this is the definition of Riyadh to show the people with a worldly motive and why this is harmful because it completely does away with that sin it completely does away with your good deeds it turns your good deed in, it, itself it turns that good deed into right a means of your destruction may Allah Ta'ala protect us number two, Kibir Right? <laughs> to despise people and look upon them with disdain and scorn and to reject the truth when it is put before us. This sin arises from a person becoming boastful or haughty due to possessing some worldly or dini excellence and kibbut of all types is sinful and spiritually destructive. Okay? And this is such a thing that Allah Azza wa Jalla says: "La He will not enter paradise the one who has even in atom's weight of kibar inside of his heart. Well, Number three is Ujub. Ujub is you don't think down upon people, but you think that right you are the one uh, that has achieved this and you have attained great accomplishments. And inna ala ilmin indi, right? I have been blessed with this or I've been granted this right I, you know I'm good I'm great and that's why I have this you know because I'm something and this is something which it also is sufficient to destroy a person or فَلَا تُعْجِبُكَ and another hadith says إِذْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِي عَنْكُمْ Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that um, that when you were pleased with yourselves and your numbers, and it did not benefit you. Right? It did not benefit you. And it harmed you and it hurt you and you lost. And the Nusra and the help of Allah Azza wa Jal was removed from you because of your Ujub. And this is related to and sometimes arises from kibir. But the difference between ujub and kibir is kibir a person thinks down upon others. And ojub he doesn't think down upon others, but he thinks that you know he's worthy and you know I've done this and I did that and you know uh, I'm very special. Right? Snowflake mentality. Number four is ghiba. And in ghiba what's happening is basically uh, as one of the uh salaf he mentioned in al-nas kaman right he gives an example that the one who is making riba of people is like somebody who right set up a catapult and he's putting his good deeds in it and he's just flinging it here and there and he, he's completely destroying his amal uh in the, uh, right uh, that through through ghibat your amal is being destroyed. Even futile speech causes harm to the nuraniyat and the spiritual enlightenment of the heart. Therefore, it is necessary that a sadiq refrains from unnecessarily associating with people and getting involved in useless uh, arguments and discussions and his conversations with people should be limited to what is needed. Sometimes we go into mubah kalam, permissible kalam, and then we, follow, we fall into talking about things that are completely forbidden. So each one of these is a lecture on its own recognizing the boundaries, recognizing the reality, recognizing the definition. But we'll go through each one so that we can be a little bit uh, informed and aware of what will uh, destroy our deeds and our suluk and do away with the nuraniyat and the enlightenment of the heart. Number five is Unlawfully focusing one's eyes, heart, or mind on any غير Mahram or child with lust, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions يغضون أبصارهم المؤمنات من أبصارهن. Right. So this is something uh, which is very, very dangerous, and I can easily say that this is the the epidemic of our time. Right is the sin of the eyes the treachery of the eyes Allah Azza wa Jal says ya wa ma sudur. Allah Azza wa Jal is aware of the treachery of the eyes and that which the hearts conceal and the lustful glances filling our hearts with lustful thoughts and the disease of lust in itself it's something which is so destructive and my Shaykh Hazrat Ma'ashah Hakim Muhammad Akhtar he used to say he said there's no sin uh, like the sin of lustful glances and the, the disease of lust because any sin that a person commits, okay, you know, your heart turns away from Allah Azza wa Jal. But when you are in a state of lust, literally your back is to Allah Ta'ala and your face and your direction and the direction of your heart becomes towards that lustful, uh, that, that object of lust. And a person completely loses his mind. Right. marriages are destroyed, a person's iman is destroyed, a person's reputation becomes destroyed because he completely loses his mind, he loses his direction. So we should be very careful in this. You know, this is something in this day and age, many people have taken this sin extremely, very lightly. Right? Whereas in reality, right, this is, this is a very big deal. The weight of this sin can be understood uh, due to what the Prophet Sallallahu has narrated in its regard, where he says, Zina la'ayni al right Zina al nazar That, the, that the, the lustful glances is the fornication of the eyes. Zina al-nadhar. Wa zina lisani al-manthiq. And the Prophet ﷺ actually calls it zina. He refers to it as fornication of the eyes. So you can imagine, this is not, this is not something which is light. May Allah Azza wa Jal protect us from this and guard us from this. And number 6 unjustified or excessive anger and to be dealing with others with very severe or harsh dis- disposition right and this is not the trait uh, of the believers Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in the Quran from the sifat of the believers and the quality of the people of jannah wal al wal al right the merciful ones you know, uh, the most merciful will show mercy to them. There are also other, also certain forms of ghafla that are more harmful than others. Namely, this refers to that ghafla that is produced as a result of worldly right relationships. Unnecessary just, you know, hooking up. Oh, you know, let's get together. Let's hook up. Let's go, this, that. And, you know, when a person uh, starts increasing Uh, his acquaintances and you have to fulfill the hak of those people you know you get invitations you're called you're you have to go here you have to go there you have to fulfill the right of those uh, you know acquaintances and then what happens after that right you fall into all various different states of ghafla a person should keep his relationships and his acquaintances to the level that is absolutely necessary for dini and dunyai benefit Even after resuming dhikr, Shaykh says, these forms of ghafla will not be eliminated because the heart will repeatedly be drawn to these worldly bonds. So a person just has to know how to circumnavigate. And this is the life of this world. Hayatul dunya. right? Mudaratun nas. This is a very great thing. Mudaratun nas. Dealing with people. Say, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu was actually told, وَاسْبِرْ nafsaka. Go and tolerate patience in the company of people uh, uh, who remember Allah day and night. Like, why is it mentioned to the Prophet that he tolerate patience? Because his sukoon and his comfort and the contentment of his heart was to be in solitude with Allah. But sometimes you have to go out and venture out in order to spread the deen of Allah Ta'ala. And if we don't do that, how will the deen of Allah be spread? How will be able to make silatul rahim? How will be able to join ties with our family? How I'll be able to convey the message to others? So, you know, the heart will be repeatedly drawn to these worldly bonds. Therefore, we have to just circumnavigate, make mudarat, deal with people with mutual understanding, respect, and do what we need to do with good akhlaq, and as is mentioned in the hadith the one who mixes with the people and tolerates their you know disturbances is better than the one who avoids the people and you know he uh, you know he, he stays away and aloof from the people and basically this matter is dependent upon the individual himself if the individual is from ahlul ilm if the individual is from the people of knowledge the people are in need of his guidance then it's it's more virtuous for him to tolerate that you know the annoyance of people to tolerate and and have patience upon right the 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 ignorance of people, uh, and and if a person is not of that category, then it's better for him to remain uh, aloof except for right the hukukul uh, you know hukukul uh, al ال, and the hukuk of, of his family members and so on. Inshallah, we'll stop there. May Allah Taala give us a tawfiq to implement what has been said, and we will continue uh, with the with the with the continuation of the book uh, in the uh, in the next dars. May Allah Taala give us tawfiq to implement what has been said. Wa